This is WEMF Radio. 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 Sweet. Hey, I'm Pat B. And I'm Adam Willis. And you'll listen to the Eat Down here on WEMF Radio. <laughs> okay, so we're here on ourselves. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Geek Down here on WEMF, where we travel through time just to give our, pay ourselves some respect. It's that deal. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta let it go. Uh, uh, and I'm just popping. You can't see if you're not watching us on twitch.tv slash thegeekdown. But if you can, man, we are pretty tonight. Cobb over there. I'm always pretty. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it just it stands out no matter what distance where you are. And of course, the man who's preoccupied. <laughs> Black Adam Willis. Yeah, right before uh, we went on, uh, Johnny here gave me uh, a little bit of some game action. So I'm like trying to, try, trying to video game and talk at the same time, which is not a good idea. Actually, I'm going to put these down. I'm just going to take this L on the switch right here and uh, we'll get started. Embarrassed by the AI in uh, arm. We'll talk about the, the Nintendo Switch. We also have. A solid review for Justice League Dark. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, dude, I'm looking forward to that one. And, yo, mm-hmm. like Adam, dude, what we have the lowdown on the Netflix series, well, Netflix series, the Netflix original movie. Yes, War, War Machine. Machine. Starring Brad Pitt. Starring, starring Brad Pitt. Starring, I didn't realize that was starring starring for Netflix. Starring Topher Grace. Yeah. Topher Grace. Whoa. Larry Fish. Anthony Michael <laughs> Hall. My personal favorite. He is. Yeah. Since Kangaroo Jack. <laughs> no, he wasn't in case. Sorry, that was not thinking of somebody else. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Anthony Megahall says, Johnny B. Good. Sorry, that was your favorite, John. Of the Dead Zone fame. Yes. Proved it. Yeah, no, I can be an adult as well. Yeah, you remember the Johnny B. Good movie that he was in with uh, I do, dude. I was Robert like, Downey Jr. way before, you know, when he was still on drugs? Yeah. Well, I, was, <laughs> I was like, I was like eight years old. That that's was my like favorite. The thing to me. That's ever. my favorite era of Robert Downey Jr. He was Downey so good, yeah. I don't know. Um, if anyone's was, ever seen uh, Restoration, is I think his finest hour. He was Two Girls and a Guy, too, which was just an awful movie that he was in. Oh, there's a lot of awful movies. Yeah, there is, but, you know, look at him now. <laughs> what can we say? He beat True. us all. Well, 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 he started off playing himself, you know, in a uh, himself in a metal suit. And then somehow that just took Somehow that, that that worked out. But uh, he was also, Robert Downey, Robert Downey Sr. was like one of the godfathers of independent cinema. And he was in his father's movie. Yeah, that's he was a kid as like a dog or something. I think he played. Really? Yeah, wow. he's like out there. How auspicious! Yeah, I didn't know his work. Robert Downey. That's Yeah, you should look at that. That's a pretty interesting over Robert Downey Senior has. Actually. All right, you know I may just do that so you I should, can man. I can laugh along. Putney Swope is, I think, the big one. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> All right, and of course we got into a little discussion when we're gl- 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 I'm gonna I, I shouldn't be on the radio. Are you having a day pad? I'm yes. not. You having a time? I'm trying not to, but it's happening. <laughs> I think it's just one of those days, man. It's we'll just one of those it. days. That we'll free, get through it. It's that free train. Now it's the same way. I actually went to see. Uh, I'm apart- apartment hunting right now, mm-hmm. and uh, we went out and checked the place. And is there anything worse than going into other people's homes and like walking through them and trying to check it out and just like I would live here you know it's, it's such an awkward thing well the problem is you're going like in the daytime when people are there you gotta go in the nighttime when you know, doors are locked <laughs> yeah. you break in the window they get the can I look open. at your place <laughs> how's the water pressure <laughs> yeah. some people call it B&E I call it responsible show <laughs> you're right yeah you gotta be you gotta do your due diligence for the, these apartments <laughs> alright you got a lot of good stuff to get into but I wanna make sure we don't ah I, god why again <laughs> I'm talking, you of course, about home? just Johnny over there looking very business-like. Yep. That's right, with my Mario shirt. We're going to go easy <laughs> on you today, because apparently he's a little under the weather. Hmm. Yeah. You'll make it. All right. We'll all, be- get, we'll all get through it together. I think we can do we can, <laughs> we can We can all push, you know, and get there. Yeah, I believe in us. Yeah, okay. Well, hey, <laughs> someone hey, has to. Hey, we've got the touch. Yeah, uh, we do. We've got the power. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? Yeah. Uh, all right, so let's jump right into it, because it's all not right. all good news, and we've got to get this nah, first one. Man. Out of the way, because dude, yeah, Prodigy of Mob Deep. Prodigy of Mob Deep, man. And this, is, as as a hip hop fan, this one hurt a lot. I mean, he was only was it forty six, forty two, forty two, yeah, wow. even worse. Yeah, he's a little bit younger. And uh, being a, a young hip hop fan and listening to the Infamous for the first time, it was one of those experiences. Like, wow, this is like 
way out of my league because I can't, you know, this is like the the real authentic street hip hop type stuff. But I was like such a big fan when I was a kid. And then that whole beef with Tupac and Tupac blasted him on the album too. Mm-hmm. That was um, a whole big thing that no, not not everyone really knows about. Like right. everyone knows, oh, it was Biggie versus Tupac, but that that stuff spanned like all of the East Coast versus all of the West Coast. Yeah, and Mob Deep was that right there in the middle of that. Of course, mm-hmm. Mob mm-hmm. Deep and Havoc formed, you know, uh, uh, Prodigy and Havoc. Prodigy and Havoc. Sorry, for Mob, Mob Deep. formed Mob Deep, mm-hmm. and yeah, he he passed away due to complications of sickle cell anemia which he's had his entire life yeah. and actually Damn. Tupac uh, said something he's like what which one of you guys got sickles or anything well that's one of the <laughs> that's one of the major things like Tupac was throwing low blows and one of the things uh-huh. you you don't talk about a man's wife you don't talk about someone's children and you don't talk about someone's like you know potentially uh terminal disease right and right. yeah and he and he went he went he went in on yeah but that's how it was on. then you know um but like i said uh, the infamous that album is mm-hmm. is just an iconic album for not just east coast hip-hop but Hip hop, period. Yes, it was. Um, so many good songs on that. Nas was featured on that. Um, it was part of the big Queens bit, Queensbridge Bridge. group uh, with Nas, Capone, and Noriega. Mm-hmm. Mom and Deep. you want to know something trippy? They were uh, my, uh, they they formed that group when they were like sixteen. Yeah, wow. Um, may, maybe younger. Like they were young kids. Yeah, I they were posters and stuff. They, they were, were children. In a gr- yeah, I mean they were like kind of art students like they 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 benefited from like art programs and schools and everything like that and they put that into i think they were in a group before this called poetical do you know uh poetical mm. something or other that was their group no, before. i keep thinking of uh, of, uh, of uh, prince poetry and uh from march no this was this was just both of them prodigy and uh and havoc but then when Mob uh, Mob Deep formed and the Infamous came out, that was like the grimiest album ever. Oh, yeah. Like super grimy. They G O D for the part. Oh, oh, yep. hold on, wait, 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 wait. Um, yeah, I'm gonna call you Dunn for the rest of the episode. It's <laughs> yeah. good, Dunn. Hey. I'll speak the Dunn language. Uh, these are random uh, uh, tidbits from uh, from the songs, and just, if you know Mob Deep, you'll pick up on the references. Yo, they pretty much changed the whole effect of uh, of the movie Scarface for me. Mm-hmm. Like every like random scene background theme somehow right. found its way into a mob deep track. Right. And they made it work. They made it so damn funky. Yeah, and like I said, it was just super grimy, super like hardcore stuff. Survival of the Fittest, one of my favorite tracks. I think some of the production on the album Maybe was how. so perfect. It was so good. Very simple and just very East Coast. Yeah. You know what I mean? It had that. It was like not like flashy, but it was like very... Like I said, I can't can just stress this enough. Grimy. It was, yes, it it was. was very good. But yeah, then like he had a he did a lot of other stuff too. And he wrote a book that came out. I think it was like 2011 yes, around that yeah, time. Yeah, he just, he just a, did some. Sorry, he just did some music for one of my friends. Uh, Cynthia Von Bueller has a cool event out near New York mm-hmm. uh, called the Illuminati Ball, and uh, he recently worked on some music for that. Oh, yep. Wow. Okay. Didn't realize we had a personal connection in the room. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I've never attended this event. I just know of it. Hey, but second degree is okay with me. Yeah, that I'm counts. Only, I am only one degree away. Yeah, there you go. But uh, yeah, but it was just of, something cool, like saying that he's been working on projects very recently. Like this is something that well, you he know, was right up to the thing is too. He was minute. touring. I think he was like they were doing shows like yeah. the week before he died. Like they were out there. Like the last picture of them it was like him and Havoc mm-hmm. and Ghostface and Raekwon. Yeah, he was like doing they were all doing this big like hip hop kind of festival type touring festival thing. It kills me. Uh, the Art of Rap, I believe it was. And and yeah, so it was just very sudden, you know what I mean? He was, he's, you know, in and out of feeling bad, you know what I mean? It was like it would flare up and every once in a while and he was sick, but he always kind of pulled through. So this was kind of like, well, you know. He was a smart dude, man. He had chops. You yeah. were uh, actually uh, starting to mention uh, he wrote a book. He recently. wrote a book. His, yeah, well, Not just was, any book. Yeah, it was like kind of, well, he wrote his, his autobiography and mm-hmm. like a lot of that stuff, you know, features some. It, it, it explores all the beefs that happened, you know, with all these famous people. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite parts of the book, he's talking about, because I'm a big Capone Noriega fan, another Queensbridge group, and the time that he um, beat up Noriega, and then Noriega and his boys shot somebody that was with Prodigy in the in the car, and then that started this whole feud there. And, and like, I, if if you're into this type of stuff, if you're into like the history of hip hop and, and and beefs like that, it's 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 a fascinating read uh, to hear about. It. And then I know Noriega put something out on Instagram saying like they squashed their beef years ago. But he's like, this is he's like I just talked to him three days ago. 
you know what I mean? And like he was always game for whatever. He was like super, I guess, a really nice person, very intelligent. That's and, up, uh, and it comes like at, 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 at like it it there's 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 never any warning. Right. You know, it, it can it can literally just be like the next day. The thing it's like even though he was sick, it's like you just like prodigy's dead. Like really? Like wow. You know what I mean? And instantly yeah, a, random, a right? group that's that big, you just go through like the first time you heard him. I know that's what I did, and you're thinking of like when you were listening to him, he puts that you that right in that time and place. You know what I mean? So like he had obviously his his stuff with with uh, Mob Deep, but he did you know HNIC his, his solo album, a couple of those. He did a, a good project with The Alchemist too. Did an album called Albert Einstein, which is really, really good as well. If you're like the Alchemist, the Alchemist is like a legendary producer. Yes, he is. And they've been doing stuff, uh, working together a lot. So well, there's a lot of music. Let's not there. forget one of the most important things uh, that I think should be noted about Prodigy. Uh, you mentioned his autobiography. Mm. His other book... Mm-hmm. Was the prison cookbook? Oh man! Oh, right, right. Oh right. man! Meals you can make with nothing but things that are offered in prison. Uh, yes. Mm. Yes. Wow. That it's like you can make like a, a a souffle out of like ramen noodles or something. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it's right. My he personal favorite a, was the uh, was the um uh dang it what was it uh, it was something old gratin or like mac and cheese. Uh, using Doritos, like crushed up Doritos, <laughs> as yeah. the cheese. Oh. It's yeah. pretty interesting what yeah, what you can scrape together. You know what I mean to to spice it up a little bit when you're like not living with much, especially if you're in prison. Like what you get in your commissary. You know what you can buy. And then yeah, I, th- I think there was something uh, attached to that too. It's like it had like certain prisons offer different things. Yes. And so he's yes, like, what you can get based on what prison you go to. <laughs> so you can mix and match. It's it's. It's fascinating stuff. And he was talking about have people send you certain ingredients. They can send you a certain amount, like a certain amount of food, like pound wise. Right. So have them send you your ingredients and you can just like chef up all types of meals that aren't available <laughs> in the calf. Yeah. Imagine that make you a popular guy in prison too. If you have all those, yeah, pr- right? uh, you have the cookbook, you know what I mean? And you're, you're, you're resourceful enough to get all that stuff together. It'd probably make you a pretty popular guy. Making today, probably, probably buy you some friends. <laughs> yeah, some ratatouille. Julia Child's recipe. Yeah, exactly. But man, yeah, it's like it came out of nowhere. And like, I, I was such a big fan of his. I was such a big fan of, uh, you know, that whole scene. Like, you know, Nas is my favorite rapper on period. And they, they, did a bunch of stuff together. I mean, there were they had a little beef as well. I think too. They did, but a lot of them fought a lot. Yeah, I think oh, over I time, you inevitably everybody kind of beefs. Yeah, I think it was a uh, prodigy. Did was on Cormega's track, and Cormega dissed Nas at the time, so Nas kind of <laughs> called him out. He's like, "Get these snakes away from you!" You know what I mean? Do your own thing. Blah blah. blah. That's yeah, so trust. And I also don't want to neglect my favorite track from Abdi. What you got? It's the real. <laughs> hip hop, hip hop. Quiet Storm, dude. This this track like made my uh, freshman year in college. <laughs> you see, exactly. Everyone has that one. And they brought out other cats too. I remember I wouldn't know who Vita was if it wasn't for Mob Deep and that mm-hmm. crappy track they did. Mm-hmm. You know, back then. But he was like a. I'm sorry, what was that? What was that? It's the real what? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> But he uh, he was one of those one of those guys as well. Just as an MC, strictly as an MC, it was like nothing flashy, just very straightforward. Kind of hit you in the chest, and he was just like he just blew you away with like how real and authentic he was, and how he sounded, and you believed him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He wasn't the most gifted, but like he his rhymes were great. Yeah, no, he had you know he, was, mean? he was he was him. He was very lyrical. Like uh, his lexicon was solid. That's one of the things I definitely respect. Yeah, yep. you know, and the thing is. Sometimes it wasn't always on point, but between like the kind of like shoddy, cheap rhymes, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, that, that's an easy, one, that's an easy one to go for. He would like say some real stuff, right? You know, and I mean, Havoc was just like the perfect producer to combine that uh, that lyrical quality um, and make it memorable. Yeah, music to this day, like I still have. Tri- I just played one that was off my own personal collection, right out of your I phone. Still have these right. things in you were ready. Rotation. Yeah, I mean, and it was like you believed him, you know what I mean? Because th- these are guys that lived everything they rapped about, you know what I mean? When they're talking about the streets, when they're talking about being, you know, involved in all this stuff, they really were. That stuff really happened. It's documented, and everyone will attest to that. And I know, uh, I think, was, was it the BET Awards last night? Uh, yeah. I think a bunch, yeah, of, think a bunch of people were kind of... They showed on Comedy Central for some reason. <laughs> really? Yeah, I, nah. I turned to him like, okay, let's watch some South Park reruns. And it's the BET Awards, yeah. Yeah. 
I think like, uh, straight bottom of the barrel. I wonder what social commentary they're trying to make. I think mm. Master P came out. He's like, I'm not even going to go in because they changed it up. He's like, he's like, and he made a good point, Master P, mm. uh, saying he's like, we don't honor these guys enough while they're alive. But you know, once they pass, and everyone all of a sudden they're the greatest thing ever, and everyone remembers. He's like, this guy probably couldn't do as many shows as he wanted to because he couldn't book anything because no one wanted to hear it. But now he's like the biggest thing ever. It's like we need to start honoring and recognizing these people and respecting them more when they're actually alive because it doesn't know good when they're dead you know and i happen to uh, agree with that a lot it's like you know it's you know everyone was big on prince and michael jackson and stuff that's like that but when they pass and it's just like this whole thing which it should be but it's just like you need to really artists are underappreciated in general right and i think it's only getting worse too oh not definitely well i think there's also more obscurity um, yeah in, in music, like well, you're we not getting it all from one amount. place anymore. You know what I mean? Everyone's True, so which is a very out. good thing for us as fans. Mm-hmm. But when you lose somebody who's made a legit contribution, and you may not hear about it right away, you may not you know know their music. You may discover their music after they've already passed. You know, that's mm-hmm. how I found Elliot Smith. Yeah, 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 I did too. Actually, I did. Yeah. You know, I it was even after the the goodwill hunting movie i was like yeah who's this I man he's deep and it's like well, oh dude, yeah dig this you want to find out an old <laughs> reference I, I i heard um son of samson off of an old do you remember similar uh, college music journal that old magazine that nobody bought yes yeah they used to give free, not that uh, i ever free cds it, well i just took a oh you always we always took a bunch when i worked at strawberries years uh, ago <laughs> yeah back and, when they asked to have music stores and stuff that were big <laughs> yeah you know. And a few years after that, I'm um, just going through my random CDs that I've never listened to and seeing what kind of, you know, gems I've missed out on. Mm. Son of Samson right there. Wow, well, yeah. So, you know, hopefully somewhere out there, someone who's never ra- uh, heard Mob Deep. Well, that's all uh, you can hope for album. after they pass, you know what I mean? Everyone making a big deal of it. I think the one good thing is yes. that people are like, oh, wow, he was that influential. He was that big. Maybe it'll inspire some, you know, young kids that don't really listen to you know, certain kinds of hip hop to get into that stuff. You know what I mean? Like if all they're listening to. What you got? What's this? You yeah, turn it up. right there. Oh, there you go. They know who's never heard this. Uh, yeah. This song helped expose me. Mm-hmm. You keep blinding me with science. Yeah. <laughs> Put a whole new light on. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> How many more you got on there? I got, oh, man. I got two. Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> yeah, we won't. We'll be here all night. Right. Yeah. All right. But now we're talking about uh, Albert Johnson, a.k.a. Prodigy of Mob Deep. Dude, he was influenced. Was he influenced you, Dunn? Absolutely, right. absolutely. Well, right. I don't know, like personally influenced, but man, did I love his music, man! And like, it was I'm such a big Queensbridge, East Coast hip hop guy. That, yeah, dude, these and were he like was the center of that. There were some of the uh, some of the lesser known. I, I don't, I almost say forgotten, mm. but lesser known um, uh, pioneers of that style. Yeah, I remember, uh, very uh, underappreciated had, later on. Yeah, definitely an old poster I had of uh, of uh, of him and Havoc his cartoons. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just them. Like they were kids back then. They were and the yeah. cartoons are just these small, you know, um, Seabear and Jamal looking characters, <laughs> and they both got sickles and they're just there, you know, dapping each other up and looking at the camera like, damn, okay, what is yeah. this? Yeah, they were a little scary. You know what I mean? And that, I think that's what attracted me to them early too. And I was like, I'm kind of like you were rocking your champion hoodie back then. Yep, yep, with a big, <laughs> you know, gold rope. Exactly. Oh, no. not that far. Back. <laughs> no. All right, all right. All but right. Uh, make some references here. But yo, uh, Prodigy. Um, dude was an influence, man. And yeah, he was I huge. Just, yeah, wish him, you know, rest in peace. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, and that's not the only uh, uh, going away. Yeah, uh, interesting, interesting news here. I think we're gonna tr- transition to yep, your homeboy uh, DDL. Yeah, DDL, Daniel Day Lewis. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those living under a rock, he is the actor from There Will Be Blood, mm-hmm. In the Name of the Father, mm-hmm. My Left Foot, mm-hmm. um, Lincoln. Lincoln, yeah, those are just three of the four movies he was. He won the Academy Award. He's the mm-hmm. only actor to ever win the Academy Award for Best Actor three times. Anywhere there was, and in any way you find a waxed mustache, yeah. you find Daniel Day Lewis. Basically, uh, Robert Downey <laughs> Jr.'s character from Tropic Thunder at the beginning, when he's like Kirk oh, Lazarus. Geez. Kirk Lazarus, I think, is very loosely based on Daniel Day Lewis. Oh, definitely, being like absolutely, the absolutely, actor. You know what I or mean? Or Christian Bale. But he's not stuffy like that. You know what I mean? You think he's like kind of. This stuffy like artiste that is like not really approachable. Like I always uh, pictured and thought of Daniel Day Lewis as like the Stanley Kubrick of actors, and that he worked once every few years, very very selective. And when he did, it was always a big big deal. 
And the reason we're, we're bringing him up is he said he's going to retire officially from acting after his newest picture with Paul Thomas Anderson, uh, something loosely based on 50s fashion. Well, see, I wonder, well, first of all, like, he can never do something that's not a period piece, can he? No, it's probably not. Thing. Yeah. It's yeah, Let him have his thing. I mean, yeah. He, he just likes those hairstyles. Well, he That's likes cool. to... He likes pomade. Well, he's... That's what he's feeling. Well, he's... The thing is, I think one of the reasons he may be retiring is it's like his style is kind of really not suited for today's Hollywood because he's more like intense, intense character studies and like really... Get intense. <laughs> I've abandoned my boy! <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, not intense so at all. So these prestige pictures and now where everything today has to be a sequel, it has to be a comic book, it has to be something that big and blows up, that's not really what he does. You know what I mean? He's turned down Although, so many pictures like this. He works like once every five or six years, you know what I mean? He'll yeah, select he just something makes it out pretty well. He's not oversaturated in the uh, in the media, but he still comes, pops up every now and then. Hey, well, I'm, he, here to, I'm here to take that Oscar. Yeah. You know, I'll, catch well, you, I'll he, catch you all, you know. He uh, agrees to, yeah, he agrees to sign on to a movie and, and do all the press that, uh, that comes with uh, yeah but he's not really out and about aside he, from that yeah yeah but he disappears like literally but not like disappears like like secludes himself he just goes back to like ireland and and sits there and i think he was working as a cobbler <laughs> you know what i mean he was a, doing a, a mug and peace yeah he was you know, like he would go to like i guess he would go to the, the same pub by himself and like drink and stuff. Wait, and that I'm, was so, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry back up I, I thought i heard that but you said a cobbler yeah shoemaker yes like that's I, what I, he I, was doing. Yeah, I did not realize that was a still a thing. Oh yeah, that's and, definitely still a thing. But I have friends a, that are cobblers. It's a very. Oh, wow. They're not Daniel Day Lewis, but you know. It's a skilled trade. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? All, it's very. What do you hard. Do when you're on vacation. <laughs> I'm a world-renowned actor. <laughs> now I'm a cobbler. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's uh, retiring, and I think that's just a huge blow for people that you know are really into because his movies are so good. Not just, maybe it's not the movies that are good. Like he is so good in them that he can take like an average picture and make it something spectacular. You know what I mean? Like I don't like all of his movies, but like every in, what? what every performance is fantastic. And like The Last of the Mohicans isn't my favorite movie. Oh no, true, by a long shot. True. But he is so good in it. You know what I mean? Even My Left Foot. I don't really like it as a movie, but he is so I good. I saw it. My Left Foot. All I know of My Left Foot is that Futurama parody. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> there you Foot. go. There you go. Yes. This one's bigger than the right. But he, yeah, he's just. He's the he's the pinnacle of acting. He's like the the, the top of the mountain, and he's and up there. It's like a white Denzel. Yeah, well, he had, <laughs> yeah he had the white the white Denzel thing going on. Is yeah, definitely. yeah, exactly. You, you you don't see it? Sure. Yeah, well, okay. Think back. Think back to like <laughs> he, uh, he vin- works far less. Think back to vintage Denzel. And he's never uh, a cop. Vintage he's Denzel. Never a cop. More like yeah, true, but more like his um, eyebrows are way too angry to be a cop. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I'm talking more like uh, Denzel and Glory. You okay. Know, like I could I could see. Uh, Which is a great, great, great movie. It is. I, I saw it at the wrong time because I was, um, I think I was a freshman in high school. They showed us that. Yeah, I was same. not prepared to see yeah, someone's head blow up. That's also oh, when wow. I saw that movie. Uh, but yeah, this dude had that one scene. He had that tear. Daniel the, the single tear running down the eye. Off. Yeah, absolutely. And, and he did Lincoln with the proper voice because everyone, everyone thinks Abe Lincoln talked like this, and his voice was deep because he had that beard and he was eighteen feet tall. <laughs> but in actuality, has that hatchet was, walk, yeah, yeah. Know. But he, yeah, he disappears into these roles, and that's what I think he's probably most known for, is that he's a method actor and he takes the method extremely far. Where he's he literally like on set of Lincoln, they would refer to him as Mr. President, even in between takes and in between takes. I, he doesn't, that. I thought that was just a rumor. No, that's absolutely true. It's uh, confirmed by everyone that's worked with him. Um, Steven Spielberg uh, said as much. Steven Spielberg is called him Mr. President. So yeah. That. And last of the Mohicans, he spent, I think it was like six weeks out in the woods by himself. You know what I mean? Doing that. Um, no, I, I know we're trying to gangs honor in him, New York. That he is would, such, okay. Better. Thank you. Yeah. Gangs in New York. He would I glare. He's so good in I gangs in New York. Yeah, oh, that movie is unbelievable. Amazing, and his voice in that movie. Oh, I know. Is just it's so, perfect and i think and and he and now i gotta rewatch that yeah, actually and he said as much where it's like he, once he commits himself that much to a role and is like disappears in that much he says once the movie ends he gets a little depressed because he's like he can't believe that yeah, it's over what do you do that, now? that experience yeah. is like done and it's kind of this overwhelming like post film depression 
How long does it take to make a movie, to? though? He's got a you know a nice solid backlog of shoes and people pissed off waiting. That's good. Know, yeah, yeah. Taking back in Ireland. Yeah, yeah, something to fall back on. But yeah, it's it's probably a little hard to go back to normal once you you commit that much to your art. And so it's it's you can understand that a guy. Wait, you know, so with all that, why is he retiring? That's the question, man. We, I mean, we can't get into his head, but he he may just feel like he's not challenged anymore. A lot of actors retire when they feel that they're not challenged by these roles anymore that they don't feel fulfilled in acting you know he didn't say that he's you know screwing off forever he may be we may see him again as a director producer or writer we don't know True. yeah it, it could I be the maybe maybe he does feel like fulfilled with the, the roles he already like played yeah it could be the like, thing is he think he's just at that moment where I, I i've done all the big roles or the major i've left yeah. my i would not be surprised i would yeah. be completely not surprised if we saw him year or two a couple years from now coming back as a director yeah well he, he's or on dancing with the stars. i i personally <laughs> think yes or on dancing with the stars which i think he would yeah. do quite excellent on. i personally think we'll never see him again that's really my, yeah that's he's my, off making shoes no honestly <laughs> i think i think of this guy when he says he's like i'm doing it and he i think he, he had a, a press release saying he's like i'm retiring and th- it's a personal decision that's all i'm going to be say about it he's not going to mention it ever again and i honestly think that maybe he's just he's just done maybe he feels like he has done enough and then he probably just wants to live a quiet life alone with his wife. His wife, of course, is uh, Rebecca Miller, and she uh, directed him in The Ballad of Jack and Rose, okay. a movie he did. Um, and I guess the method to getting into that, he was like kind of secluded himself because that movie's about like a man raising his daughter in complete seclusion, then him like trying to come up with a way to, because his daughter obviously never really has human contact other than him. Like, what does he do with her after he passes? And that's kind of the question of the movie. But, you know, she's an artist. I'm sure she'll continue to make stuff. And who knows if we've seen the last time. I really hope not. But, like, it's my theory that if this guy's saying he's done, he's done. There's no reason that he's ever done anything that would give me reason to believe that he wouldn't be, he'd be lying. Exactly. You know what I mean? I don't think he's going to do, like, the, oh, I'm retired. And then, like, two years later, you see him. And, like, that kind of brings me down because he's, he's one of the few actors where it's just, like, anything he puts out, you it's don't p- automatically think, oh, it's a cash grab or something. They're trying to, you know, uh, no, it's, capitalize on a franchise. It's for his art. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you run to the movie theaters to see his movies. At least I know I do. It makes art films that actually have some prestige and not just, yeah. like, you know, some film student whacking off on, on, on screen there. Right. <laughs> right. And so, like, I'm glad his last movie's with Paul Thomas Anderson, though. That's my favorite American film director. You'd want to see W.S. Anderson? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Mortal Kombat 3. <laughs> that'd be awesome, right? <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. He plays Sub-Zero. Or, hey, uh, I was going to say Wes Anderson. I hate Wes Anderson. Let me not do that. <laughs> I don't think they their styles would go together, yeah. I don't think. No, though that would be really amusing <laughs> to think about. That would be like, something Just to... picture him trying to, like, deadpan his way through a Wes Anderson movie. <laughs> or, well, just uh, that it, camera just like, stuck there. He walks into the middle of the frame, walks off. Yeah. It's a really oh long God. stare, and all you do is they zoom in on the wax mustache. Just watch him stroke it a little... <laughs> He does look like a Wes Anderson. I mean, I'm really here for those. Oh, no. Let's not not encourage people. He'll be like, you know what? Maybe I'll do a Netflix thing. No, no, no. No, but him and his acting, man, this guy is above and beyond, and he's so believable in everything he does. Uh, In the Name of the Father is one of my personal favorite movies. Oh, yeah, that one's excellent. It's so good, and I remember him talking about uh, doing that movie because he plays Jerry Conlon, a guy wrongfully... Uh, convicted of a crime in Ireland as being linked to the IRA, this explosion. And he gets out years later, but after his father was locked up as well and his father passed away in prison. But he he had to spend, I think he said he spent uh, however many days locked up and he he went to prison and was locked up and he was like personally um, interrogated and kept without sleep just so he could get in mind what would make somebody admit to a crime they didn't commit? And he's like, well, I, I felt it all too well. I believed why he would do it after being experiencing what he probably experienced when at this time in Ireland, they could keep somebody suspected of terrorism without, like any, without reason. They could keep you there for as long as you wanted, and they did, and they basically got this confession out of him that was bogus based on them you know, interrogating him so intensely that he would admit to his own this crime that he didn't commit and so Stuff's he put himself and he, through and he that. seeks out these roles he takes on yeah. no one told him to go to jail i imagine right no and he said it was this is curiosity like, okay, okay, he's so, such a curious uh, guy mr that clooney we've hired see. you for this movie we're gonna beat your ass for four solid days <laughs> how, do, how, do, how does that sound to anybody yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I can imagine uh, like what's the the family guy joke ben affleck he's like 
Oh, I got to do a British guy today. Hello, hello, hello. Okay, I'm good. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the approach to acting today that I picture. And then this guy, like I said, is just not cut out for for this style of, of Hollywood that we're living in today. So maybe he's just, he's like, I've done enough. I worked with the best directors. I've won the awards, you know. Well, dude, maybe I, that's for the best. Think of how many uh, how many uh, folks in Hollywood, actors, actresses, etc., that... Pretty much don't know when to call it. Don't know when to call it. Yeah. You know, uh, one of the main main reasons I respect uh, Jerry Seinfeld's ethic mm-hmm. is because he realized, you know what, the show is going well, but eventually it's going to fall off. Yeah. Uh, let's go out, you know, uh, yeah. uh, gracefully on a high note. Sure. And sure. I think that, and it, it, okay, it does seem to me after hearing you, uh, after hearing you break it down, that that's what. Yeah. likely what uh what that's what i mean I'm, i don't doing. i don't know i disagree i'm sorry that I, I didn't mean to, i didn't mean to alliterate that either i don't mean to cut you <laughs> off what daniel day is doing there like <laughs> i, I disagree daniel. that he's fading into the obscurity forever i think we will see more of him in a I different capacity right. a book i hope i'm right too because he's yeah book tour he's gonna write a little autobiography maybe mm-hmm. some survey of it, prison it, it, food it, it, who it knows like three bibles yeah who knows, man? I really, uh, you know, if you wait, wait, I'm sorry. Did you say prison cookbook? <laughs> she, she said. I said prison cookbook. Oh, jeez. I said prison cookbook. Shame on you. I'm missing them left and right. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Adam. I cut you off. No, no, no. Like I was, uh, I was uh, just responding to Amy. I really hope you're right. I really hope he comes back and in whatever capacity he chooses, whether it's directing, producing, you know, just taking, like I said, his curiosity that leads him into these really, really deep kind of rabbit holes of. Uh, of artistic expression, I ho- really hope he- we get that in some way. If it's just not in front of the camera as as an actor, I would see him do like a Tim Schafer thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim Schafer was a um, was a uh, game designer. He's uh, he made the, yep. the uh, Adventure Island series. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, I almost said Monkey. No, it's a very different, different series. Yes, it is. <laughs> but uh, what he did was um, he kind of retired, and then he did a Kickstarter to get his own project done. Mm-hmm. You know, so not dealing with any 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 uh, any additional producers or anyone else's vision, just his own opus. Yeah, you know, he did a Kickstarter and like it you know, held a re- held held a record for like one of the most one of the quickest funded Kickstarters. Really, uh-huh. and going far above its goal. I think uh, Daniel Day could do something like this, Good. and maybe uh, whatever movie he's wanted to do and never was able to do. Yeah, uh, he can actually get done as like his final, you know, just, his, his curtain call, his bow there. I'm just thinking like all the things he's turned down. You know what I mean? After like, yeah, like, man, he's Pootie taking Tang, break, Ghostbusters yeah. three, yeah. taking these giant five, yeah. six, Blood. That was, that was five, six, seven year breaks in between films. You know what I mean? Like, what makes him choose what he does? And he works with the top guys. Like I said, if you're not excited about this new Paul Thomas Anderson movie with Daniel Day Lewis uh, before him. you. No. <laughs> then you have to be now. You have to be now. Like you're, this is going to be a major, major, major movie. So I'm, I'm really excited. At the same time, I'll, I'll watch it with a heavy heart, knowing that this could be the last time we see him. So yeah. Daniel Day Lewis last movie is. I, d- I don't know the name of it. I don't know. Okay. It's but it's uh, I, I would just call it an untitled. Paul Thomas Anderson. Paul Thomas Anderson. Yes. All right. Keep that in mind. And I want to turn it over to uh, just Johnny over there who's, I don't know, man. You've been pretty silent on this show. Yep. Silent. <laughs> okay. Well, Johnny's going to give us a down. He's saving, saving it. All my energy, all the little energy that I have, I'm saving we it. We won't push it too hard then, but give us a lowdown on ARMS, the new game that's, dude, been blowing up the internet, man. Yeah, we got arms. It's uh, we got arms. You can we hit got legs the, too. Uh, home button over there. I'm gonna, so I'm gonna yeah, Adam's it. gonna actively play while you uh, while the, you discuss. Uh, hit the home button. It's right below the right thumbstick. Mm-hmm. There you go. All right. So arms is essentially a. Uh, it is an evolution in fighting games. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say that it's a good or bad evolution. It's just very different from other fighting games. So you had, um, you know, throughout the, throughout time you've had games out there that change up the formula for what would be a fighting game, like Soul Calibur is one of them that really took it into 3D. Mm-hmm. ARMS takes it even further, so it has that full 3D motion into it, uh, but the cameras, instead of it being it maintaining a side perspective, which is sort of the norm in just about every fighting game out there, it's a behind-the-back, behind-the-shoulder, facing forward uh, style perspective. Yeah, third person view. Third person view. I watched a lot of gameplay of this, and from what I understand, correct me if I'm wrong, it so far has surpassed um, the uh, opening uh, weekend, opening week. Um, uh, Sales of both Street Fighter, uh, excuse me, the proper title, Ultra Super Street Fighter 2. Yep. 
Okay, there's another part there that you mocked before last time. Mm. Yeah, it but, uh, and oh, Tekken the, Seven the final challenge, challenges. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It um it just came out that uh, the first uh, week of sales has it is the highest selling non licensed video uh, fighting game. Okay, or the best the best selling non licensed uh, video game and up fun. until this point. Yep, and uh, uh, Adam, uh, okay, Adam, Adam, you've got you've gotten a quick taste of this. What are your what are your initial uh, first impressions? Oh, here? I'm loving it, man. I'm not good at it, <laughs> given that <laughs> I played cute, it though. for about uh, three minutes. But this is this is really interesting gameplay too. Yeah, yeah. I watched tons so, of the uh, gameplay earlier today. Not to not yep. to uh, interject, but just I'm I'm loving the characters first and foremost. Yeah. Each of them has like they have. Uh, legitimate designs that give an excuse for everyone to have these long, like you know, springy arms. Yeah, look through the designs thing. too. It, yeah, some has like hair, the, some mm, of their arms. Uh, the badass mummy, yeah. it's his wrappings. Yep, his, his fists his on the end wrappings, there. the bandages, mm, the helix. He has like uh, the genetic. I don't know the the DNA the strands. DNA strands as arms. Yeah, yeah, he's like a goo thing. It's it's. I yeah. like I like that one because his stance is just. I don't know. It's funky, man. Yeah, it, he's he's probably the weirdest and probably the hardest character to use. Or yeah, he's on, he's on point with Valdo. Yeah. If anyone plays uh, Soul Calibur, yeah, he can he can sort of stretch up tall, and then while he's up in the air, he can bob and weave, and then he can shrink down to like this little puddle of goo and sort of relatable and stay <laughs> sort of duck away from everything. So hey, if you ever wanted to play uh, Plastic Man, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's a fighting game where you have uh, instead of having arms to attack the enemy with. Uh, you have well, they are arms, but they're sort of like they're, they're like slinkies for all the way up until the fist mm -hmm. itself, and then the fist portion of the arm. And this is where it gets interesting: is the fist portion uh, are you can attach different arms. Uh, they call them arms, but they're essentially different fists yeah, to the end the of game. your arm. And each each of these fists, they have a different weight category. So there's light, medium, and heavy. And uh, for example, if you punch with a heavy, that'll uh, go through someone else. If you have two punches sort of colliding together, heavy will break medium, medium will break light. But I light is quicker. You. Yeah, light is quicker. So light, the speed of the speed of a light punch will so will always sort of make it to the other opponent faster than a heavy punch will. Mm -hmm. So you have that little mechanic there, and then the arms themselves have different properties uh, associated with them. So they might yeah, have uh, electrical, they might have ice, they might have fire uh, to set the enemy on fire. So uh, each of those well, arms always, are very a good time unique. setting people on fire. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you get that extra out. damage. Yeah, <laughs> we and can watch Adam celebrate his uh, his yeah, first victory. Yeah, I finally got a victory here That's on nice. easy <laughs> mode. So, how do you feel about the learning curve, then, buddy? I still feel like I don't know what I'm doing, but I, I'm doing well, so I'm, I'm happy. You're doing okay. You know I, mean? <laughs> I mean, that's that's any group game. He, he went through uh, like halfway of the tutorial, so he's doing good. Yeah, All I, right. get, I, I uh, get the gist of it. But. One thing I noticed uh, from watching the gameplay, um, uh, the upgrade mechanic is pretty is is, is I, I won't say completely unique, but it's 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 different from most games of this type do. Whereas you don't you don't buy upgrades; you have to earn them in the game. By uh, by hitting certain targets and basically um, it's 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 precision. Yeah, it's uh, so when you go to purchase arms, you're not really purchasing them. You go into this mode where you're uh, where you have to sort of knock them and collect them, and it's a little bit randomized. So it's kind of like a I don't know how to describe it like um, roulette. Uh, isn't there like a machine of sorts where there's like a the bunch of goodies following, falling down? You have to catch all the goodies and whatever you catch, you get. Even uh -oh. though it's not catching. You're saying it's the video game equivalent of you going on a game show and they put you in that uh, in that uh, phone booth and just blow a bunch of dollar bills at you. Whatever yeah. you can catch. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Yeah. That is so, uh, frightening and awful. And as uh, whatever it is that you get, those are going to be the different arms. And the arms might be for different characters. It might be for the character you're going there for. More likely than not, it is for the character you're going there for. So there is, oh, there is some thing. randomness to it. It's kind of like a, a loot box, if you will, with, um, with Overwatch or with other games that have that sort of mechanic in there. Mm -hmm. uh, so you're not guaranteed to get certain arms that you want, but eventually as you go through it, you will get the arms that you want for the characters that you want. Uh, so it is that is essentially the progression system within this fighting game. And any of the modes, uh, and there are many different modes, 
any of the modes that you go through and play matches in, you're going to earn the currency, and then when you get enough of that currency, you're going you get to go and do that little uh, get more arms thing. So that's how that's your progress is that currency. You spend your currency mm -hmm. on unlocking more arms that then gives you more customization over your character. All right, so give me the lowdown then. I'm a regular jive sucker. I don't play these types of mm -hmm. games. I miss Tetris. And Dr. Mario, you know, the good old, the <laughs> good old Mario. action game. Nice. How hard would it be for me to pick up the uh, Switch uh, sticks there and just uh, go to town? It's really easy. It's it's very, it's almost like a natural kind of feeling because you are, when you're using a motion control and you can use the pro controller. So if you want to use a traditional controller, you can do that as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, it kind of seems like the motion controls is the ideal way to go because you can move and curve your punches mm -hmm. with the motion controls uh, in opposite directions and with the pro controller you can't move and curve your punches but so with that with that aside the motion controls it just feels natural because you're pushing you're launching your fist forward mm -hmm. as you would do normally if you were to have slinky arms so it feels kind of natural there and then you so, sort of curve your punches you know your natural very, slinky arms yes, yeah <laughs> your natural slinky arms and then you twist your wrists and you're curving your punches as it happens and it feels very natural and the only other buttons you have are the two shoulder buttons that are on top of the controller for jumping and dodging, mm -hmm. and then uh, the final ones, the the other two shoulder buttons, either one can do this special attack. So combinations of that blocking feels natural, so you're just crisscrossing uh, them together in order to block shots. Uh, launching both of your fists forward does a grab, so it, it feels natural and the tutorial is very quick that that's probably the best part about it is that mm -hmm. it's very quick and it teaches you just about everything you need to know in order to get into it and then once you get into it um they have a so the grand prix mode has uh multiple uh levels of difficulty has seven levels of difficulty and the first oh, three so job sucker punk punk bitch yeah you know early, <laughs> early uh early respect well uh hardcore respect my gangster and and you're in the jungle baby you're gonna die yeah that uh, it so the fourth so one through three is pretty good pretty pretty straightforward you'll probably breeze through it and then the fourth one man is it really ramp up the difficulty and okay like a random jump it it's uh it's it's sort of like uh baby mode is off and what you are playing against with the ai they're really challenging and then uh, just when you thought you were going to beat it, uh, you get the final, final boss, which is completely broken and overpowered. Instead of two arms, he has six arms. So yeah, I saw that. Yeah. It was like, he's like this, this this weird robot thing. Headlock. Head, headlock. 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 Yeah. <laughs> he's broken. He's way too overpowered. Way too overpowered. I'm struggling with headlock right now, oh trying my. to beat him. I'm uh, headlock. Relinquish your nuts. I'm dreadlock. Yeah. And bolts too, but mostly your nuts. And then when you beat uh, fourth level difficulty or higher, when you beat it the first time, you finally unlock the ranked mode. And then the ranked mode uh, is essentially, you can also earn you know the currency within there. And ranked mode is like uh, any other online ranked mode. Okay. You play against other people in one-on-one -on -one matches, very traditional rule set. Uh, there's no items, so as you're playing in a match, you'll have like these random items spawn in, and they could be like bombs, or they could be like health regen uh, circle items that you want to get into that sphere, and in order to recuperate health or um, recuperate your special meter, mm -hmm. and uh, that doesn't exist in rank mode. It's just you against the opponent. There's no items there, so it's like. Very traditional, sort of like what you would expect in a tournament. Nothing random, just one-on-one -on -one show skill. Okay, so then, uh, thumbs up, thumbs down, final call, because it sounds like you're pretty excited about this. Uh, would you recommend anyone pick this up? Uh, it's... So right now, it's not worth the $60. Six... God! Yeah. Herb, do you hear this? Well, it's, it's a bit high, but that's, that's sort of like a normal price that you'd expect, but right now, it's a little light on features to fully make up for that $60 price tag, but they are releasing, this is the big kicker, is that they are releasing free content updates. Okay, so, so like basically a, a season pass without yeah. the extra. Yeah, yeah, so free. So just uh, 
they already announced that there's a new uh they're gonna have another character that they're gonna be coming out with either at the end of this month or early next month uh as one of the first things uh they already there was a patch update today or yesterday or sometime this week that uh enabled a few more additional modes uh and some bug fixes and whatnot so they're they are they've already showed that they're adding new stuff mm -hmm. and they've already said that they're going to add new stuff so uh with that said by the time everything's said and done and nintendo has done this before with splatoon mm -hmm. uh where they uh Roast released game. a lot of uh free additional content mm -hmm. uh so if they're do if they're doing handling this the same way that they handle splatoon it'll absolutely be worth the 60 dollars. okay cool game is arms uh with a z with the Z? No. No. No? With, with an S? S. No, yeah. Oh, I S. thought it was with a Z. No, no, no it's no, with no. an S. No, the game is It's arms. not as cool as I thought it was. <laughs> Tron. The game is ARMS, available for the Nintendo Switch. They're just yep. regular ARMS. Mm -hmm. And Johnny says, sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. It's, I'm kidding. it's I like, good, but I different. Like. All right, awesome. All right, now, Adam, dude, uh -huh. without any further ado, you and I got to check out War Machine. Yeah, man. Starring mm -hmm. Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt of all Topher people. Grace. Mm -hmm. Larry Fishburne. Larry, what? No. <laughs> no, Larry Fishburne. Anthony Michael Hall. Larry Fishburne. That's the one that, that's the one yeah. that really threw me for yeah. the curve there. You don't see him in a lot of movies. You don't. Um, I haven't seen him since The Dead Zone, I think. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think what he was in Freddy Got Fingered, too. Oh, well, thank God. God. Sorry, bro. That up. Why is that a Why is that a thing? I yeah. had to see that in theaters. Oh, oh I don't wow. think I'm still not over it. You, yeah. you had to see that. My, my know, partner that at the time made me. Oh, okay, I think you'd be like, my parents wouldn't let me have it. My parents took me. No. <laughs> so this came out on Netflix, which is like if you, it's it's hard to like know when these are coming out sometimes. Yeah, Netflix you is kind of I mean? a, uh, it's kind of, Netflix it's just an ether in itself. Yeah, it's, it's it's doing great with original content and original material and everything mm -hmm. like that, but sometimes, like, this movie should be bigger. More people should be talking about it, you know what I mean? If this was released just in theaters and everything, you know what I mean, it would be probably be a bigger deal, you know what I mean, where it just kind of, they can kind of release something and it kind of just can disappear right away. Well, look at it kind of so like much stuff on Netflix that it's kind of like, okay, that's... There, yeah, things know? like Stranger Things, which uh -huh. blow up on there, really are, are like, uh, that's like, I don't know what you call it, like you hit the bullseye, there was a, it was a random shot in the dark because there's so much available, but I, I, I don't hear about any of it. Nothing's like advertised in other networks. It's like finding a good movie on HBO that's an HBO yeah. original. It's like, okay, I don't, I don't watch this, you know, that much to, you know, know everything that's coming out every day. Right, and I think that's what they're probably struggling with. Is that they have some great, great stuff, but just not enough people are aware that it's there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Sometimes people stumble upon. I think you said you kind of did that and wouldn't have yeah, been out pure, for a few weeks. Purely you know accidental, I mean? which is crazy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Given that this is a pretty you know, yeah, big movie with Brad starring, Pitt. Brent, That's starring Brad Pitt. Uh, what, what's the director's name? McCod. He did Animal Kingdom, and mm -hmm. he did one of my favorite movies of a few years ago, uh, The Rover. The Ro okay, I didn't. Which see was a great, great kind of post-apocalyptic uh, Australian set movie. Oh yeah, uh, starring Mel Gibson. <laughs> and I know that one well. Yeah, from the, that yeah. Mad Max kind of rip. Yeah. Yeah. But. Uh, yeah, this you want to get into it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, the quick plot of it of this is the military is having trouble um, uh, uh, winning uh, the war in Iraq. Well, winning the war in Iraq, yeah, Afghanistan. But, sorry, and at winning the war in Afghanistan, but also appealing to the uh, appealing to the populace. So they it's they, weird they really how war wanna, isn't popular really mm. sometimes. I don't understand it myself. I've got posters on my wall. <laughs> um, uh, I'm a big uh, fan of that. No, to try to convince the people of the uh, populace that they're there to help. That yeah. they are not the bad guys. They're there to uh, we're there to aid. We're here to pro uh, provide training to your local authorities. We're trying to leave the place in a better state than we found right. it. So not just winning the war, but selling the war. That this is a good idea, and we're here for a good reason, not yeah. just to you know blow the whole place up. Mm -hmm. And for a story set around the military, one thing that really got me is they didn't shy away from the fact that most of the um, uh, what do you call it initiatives enacted. Go through so much red tape that a lot There's of so fall. much bureaucracy, so much stuff they go through, and mm -hmm. then enter Brad Pitt, which is this kind of yeah, he's, he's a weird the... character. He's very kind of gets himself in trouble. You know, he's kind of like he's very earnest in what he says, but yeah. it's he's he's, he's of, earnest in what he says, but he's but he's he's, like, he's definitely your I don't want to say phony. 
right. Republican, but he's definitely a um a, 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 a glad handing. I would say man. he's very very confident man in his own abilities to to, 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 to do this to, task, to, even to though shoes. what's on his plate. And I don't think he quite understands how serious and how large this thing is. No, is, but but then again, he's he's got that. He's, he pl- oh, first of all, Brad Pitt plays it tremendously. Yeah. Like like it was brilliant. I bought him. And it, like every speech he gave, mm-hmm. that was um, that was basically just like, you know, let me tell you, I understand you little people because you should trust us yeah. for some random so reason. He's kind of like, being condescending at the same time, you know, yeah. trying to uh, appeal to you. Yeah, and I got that. I also got him, uh, bought him as an old man. Yeah, which mostly comes out when that you see him perfectly running. Perfectly quaffed hair. Yeah. You know, um, he his facial. Well, hold on, see if you go with me on this. His facial expressions. Um, what was his character from uh, from uh, uh, Inglorious Bastards? Aldo Rain. Yeah, because this was this was this was like him. 30 years later. Yeah. No, that's actually yeah. a really, really, you know, that's that's true. Yeah, absolutely. I would say that's pretty much dead on. Mm-hmm. But this is uh, also a movie that, um, given that it's it's a war movie, technically, there's not, not a lot of action, not a lot is on the battlefield. Yeah, most of it's surprising. in boardrooms. Most of it's in, like, really intense conversations, mm-hmm. really intense, like... You know, backdoor type stuff where you know they're making deals and making you know, these big meetings and stuff yeah, like that. That's what the, that the action is. Not so much like people are out there with guns and actually shooting each other and blowing things up. And when your own government tries to uh, stonewall you uh, for an initiative that they hired you for, right? Uh, this really shows that the extreme length some people go to to get their vision realized. Yeah. And this dude's um, he's like coercing. Uh, meetings with the president. Mm-hmm. He's kind of blackmailing his bosses. Mm-hmm. He's going off. He basically went rogue without, I don't know, violating any specific rules. Yeah, like a, like a very shrewd lawyer. So it's it's a lot of politicking. Yes, yeah, yes, it's, it was. It's a, it's a it's a movie about that type stuff and like it's, and here's it's the weird. red tape that you gotta you know mm-hmm. that that's set up. And there. I still enjoyed this. Normally I hate those movies where it's all about the politics. There's yep. like tons of movies in Tom Cruise's catalog. You know we like him. And uh, I can't watch Why? the firm. Yeah, dude, I can't. I can't. I can't yeah. watch. Uh, well, this movie to me started out a little slow, and there was like a, they were introducing a lot of characters that uh, there was by their voiceovers and everything. They they yeah. had this weird voiceover. They were introducing all these characters, and a lot of them just kind of faded out into the background at, at some well, point. They, so it was kind of like the a the, the the pacing at the beginning of it didn't really feel. It eventually settles in, mm-hmm. and it does become a very interesting movie that i was that i was into but yeah, it, it kind took, of changed format it took me a minute and i was like i'm probably not gonna like this just the way it was going but it definitely settled down and it became it be it, it found its rhythm mm-hmm. and uh, it, it ended a lot better than it started yes and i also uh, really want to call out the cast because we mentioned anthony michael hall we mentioned uh i think we mentioned over grace yeah we mentioned of course brad pitt yep. meg tilly was meg in this. tilly as his wife and yeah, there's an interesting ooh. part because they said they were been married for years but they only actually spent what like 30, 30 days, days a year a, together yes and so that's the the state of these kind of marriages when mm-hmm. your your husband is gone overseas and yeah he's wars. also a high mucky to muck in the military so everyone's uh calling him for meetings he's got to be across the world uh, for most of the uh, time, just which you would have to done. think in some way too. That's probably what saves the marriage, because if this guy is Maybe. sitting there, <laughs> they seemed when they were together, they were very awkward. Right. Uh, great acting on both parts. Uh, by by the way, Meg Tilly. If anyone doesn't know, actually Jennifer Tilly's sister, which is probably a more familiar name, <laughs> and she did a uh, bunch of um, I don't know off-brand movies around the '80s and early '90s, and then took a long break. Yes. From uh, doing any productions and just got back into it in the last few years. Yeah, it was great uh, to see her in this. I was kind of came out of nowhere too. I was like, oh, well, fantastic acting. Yeah, her sister does kind of uh, uh, more. She's more of a that vamp. voice. She's yeah. more of a vamp. Yes, yeah, she is. She's got, got that, that voice too. She got that voice and 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 that torso. But uh, <laughs> Meg does more prestigious roles, and yeah. this was, I think, one of them. This movie, despite not being entirely serious, was right. definitely uh, was definitely at, 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 at it used. The uh, the star cast that it had, right? It Everyone, whether they had a big role or a small role, really like went for it. Yeah, it was based on a book, which was also based on uh, uh, an infamous Rolling Stone um, article on this guy mm-hmm. who was basically based what Brad Pitt's based on. Yeah, and I about never read selling the, the war and everything like that. Um, so. One thing I would say is look for solid performances from guest stars like this thing had a bunch of random names popping up random faces mm-hmm. and i thought it would be uh one of the uh, just a cash grab of 
well, you know, we uh, got Russell Crowe in here to do some stuff just to get the name on the marquee. Right. You know, so that'll sell this movie. It's like, no, they didn't advertise this sucker at all. It was a good movie. I enjoyed it. I highly recommend anyone see it. Absolutely. I'm right behind you. Mm-hmm. Full thumbs up. And Brad Pitt at one of his finest performances. Dude still got it. Man, I love Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt's the man. He is the man. Anthony Michael Hall. He's in there. there. As, as this, He's as there. This random badass <laughs> out of nowhere. Yeah. Who knew? Mm-hmm. All right. Should now. be good, too. Now. Now. Uh, Mix McCobb over there and I got to check out yes. Justice League Dark. Sure did. Featuring mm-hmm. my second favorite problematic bisexual. Oh, Swamp Thing? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Justice League Dark is a story <laughs> of uh, there's an uproar in the uh, world of magic once again. And John Constantine, is that the name you were going to say? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. John Constantine brought to fame Amy by, are on by the same Keanu Reeves. Page with Constantine. I, I love him yes. so very much. I'm a big fan of Keanu Reeves, too. Yeah, I'm glad you were. I'm glad you were okay, here's the thing. Okay, real quick aside, though. Yes. The world of the Keanu Reeves movie mm-hmm. with Matt Ryan Constantine in it yes. is perfect Hellblazer. So I cannot hate on the like 2005 the Constantine. Okay. I like it for what it is. So mm-hmm. I will not sit here and have you um, take shots at it. <laughs> I was trying to raw you. It's so mad good. It I, I love that movie. No, Adam, you Adam can't will tell you. I like me. that. I like that movie too. I think I we to, all but, did. I didn't but, really think but it was But getting that. to this one, I, mm-hmm. without a doubt, honestly think this is the best Constantine-related media made yet. Yeah, this was really good. And really, I like really that, good. I like that John Constantine John Constantine was brought to the forefront, not played yes. as a background character. This is a story featuring like heavily featuring Batman. And you'd think, oh, basically, main Justice Leaguer, they're going to throw him in the so middle. So for those unfamiliar with what this is, it's basically Justice League Dark is all of the ooky spookies, kind of, of the DC Universe, mm-hmm. plus Batman. Yeah. So yes. you had Dead Man. Dead you had, Man! Freaking Dead Man was so good. Boston Brad, he was so good. It was also like they gave dead man's backstory because he's a little bit more of an obscure character than the others they gave his backstory in like two minutes and it was perfect Mm -hmm. and And it just everything i felt was really succinctly done mm -hmm. for a movie and just to go on a quick tangent of it i genuinely think this is one of dc's strongest films in general not just animated features it felt really tightly wrapped tightly done and its choice of characters were really interesting to me I concur. Mm. And let me see if I can uh, take a side note to maybe have a quick moment of bonding here. Up until now, I'm the only person I know I've ever met that's actually bought a Dead Man comic. Oh, friend, I have comic. purchased a Dead Man comic. Yes. Right there. This is why we're friends. Who? <laughs> oh, come on. Don't, don't, don't do His name is Boston. No, but like, what I also love those, uh, I mean, this had Jason Blood slash Etrigan. Mm-hmm. And it, it, what really was interesting to me is it kind of acted as an origin story for Jason Blood and Etrigan being yeah. together. And I don't want to give any spoilers for the ending or anything, but it frames things. There was a really good bookend to the film and the characters used were all really interesting. Yes, they were. And I feel that it incorporated Batman in a way that wasn't just you know, the straight man, if you will. There's too easy to take a film that relies on magic, and Batman is notoriously not anti-magic, but very like, there's always a scientific explanation. Well, that's the thing that bugged me, because I've got several issues, and even in the cartoons, in the cartoons past, it's shown that Batman is like one of the few Justice Leaguers. I Who guess believes Batman in magic. And yeah, completely believes in he, magic. He believes, yeah. and he and he's respected by the community. This yeah. one had him as pretty much an outsider. Which I was okay who, with this though, because I feel mm-hmm. like. He, he not, I don't want to say he warms to magic, mm-hmm. but he sticks with his, there's always a logical explanation for everything, mm-hmm. but he also doesn't like crap on the magic users. Are yeah. we talking about the card game? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you like you're, you're, you're this? Sorry, that was a bad joke. No, but one of the, part of the things that I thought was really interesting about this is that this was a adult movie. This yes. was not... Not a kitty movie. A kitty movie. Dumb, something I'm that something down. that I recently reviewed for you was um, I'm blanking. Justice League Justice action. League action. Yes. And it used Constantine, and I thought a really funny way, where mm-hmm. he like they had he was hit by like an accent exaggerator spell. It's like mm-hmm. really goofy, really funny, and it was super cute, and I loved it. But Take a bunch of the apple this was one of the first ways that we could really see John Constantine, even more so than the TV series that came out last mm-hmm. recently. That means take the elevator up. That seventh inning stretch. It by the really. Way. Mm-hmm showed him in this context of like magic is brutal and evil and heavily tied into literally Satan and hell. Yes. And this is something that's really constant. Did not really shy constant. away from that aspect of it either. Not at all. And like it's very straight constant. straight mentioned hell, straight mentioned demons. There's portals of hell that like open up and drag someone's soul down there. It's terrifying. Yes. And also the movie begins, and this is not a spoiler, it's the first moments of the film. Mm-hmm. It The basic premise is that something is causing waking nightmares to affect 
otherwise good citizens yep. in a way that they are committing heinous acts. The and very heinous acts that are yes, shown on on camera. camera. The very first scene is a woman in her car driving down DC, trying to escape what she believes are demons, but of course are not. They are actual just pedestrians, and she's mowing them down. Oh, spoilers! And it's the first minute of the movie, dude, <laughs> and it's just something that you know. Going into it, I, I then of course you know it's 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 rated appropriately and everything, mm -hmm. but. You're so used to either excessive violence for violence's sake mm -hmm. in superhero films or things being kind of toned or watered down. And this was a really good balance of, yes, there was some brutality in this. There was, you know, there's another, I won't get into it, but there was another person affected by this kind of waking nightmare that did some really heinous things. Mm -hmm. And Superman is the one who discovered it, which I thought was a really good foil to the horrors, having this kind of like really good force for good. And they don't shy away from showing this brutal and fairly graphic for an animated feature content, but it doesn't feel like it's shocking for shock value. It felt that it was incorporated in the plot and necessary to the plot. Yes. And that's something that I really appreciated from DC because I feel there's a big disconnect between their live action features and their animated features. Oh, yes. yes there and is. that this almost... <laughs> Treats the audience more intelligently. I did not feel anything was spoon-fed to me. Seems a little backwards in that. Yeah, usually, it, and, and I mean, Marvel also has some incredible animated features, but obviously their strong suit are their live-action live films. Actions. And I'm obviously biased again. I'm much more of a Marvel fan, but I have followed a lot of these characters for years. I'm a huge Zatanna fan. And yeah, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't get that. Chaos Comics all day. <laughs> Um, but no, I'm, I'm, this was I'm glad you really those interesting up. use of more adult material in a mm. way that didn't just feel this weird. You know, we've talked about the Snyderverse of this like grim, dark, mm. everything desaturated. Why's it got to be green? This movie, so much green. This Looks movie like was very colorful for something called Justice League Dark. It didn't feel dark. Dark in that way. It definitely it felt like an actual dark mirror to the Justice League, mm. and it felt like a superhero film. Yes, and that I was watching and, magic user superheroes. And I like that it was Justice League, but Justice League Dark. They had, they showed Superman. They showed Wonder yeah, you, Woman. you see they are the not, key members, but they're not yeah, the main characters. Yeah, they're not crowbarred in. It's like, oh well, we got to go back to you know, we got to yeah. talk about Krypton. Oh my God, it's Krypton. We got to well. get the expert involved. No, none of that. It's just the basic played out. The yeah. basic plot was also just very intriguing. You know, again, I'm not going to spoil it for those out there, but it has some interesting twists to it. It mm -hmm. never felt forced. Um, Proper you know, use of characters too. Swamp Thing wasn't just Swamp there to Thing like is in it, and it's amazing. Swamp Thing's in it, really. Swamp, Swamp Thing's Thing in it, awesome. and it's so good. And something I really appreciated also is you can watch this movie. Uh, I rewatched it yesterday, but the first time I saw it was right when it was released last year. In the uh, it was this movie technically came out in last winter, and I watched it with someone that had. Well, technically, in that, like, it's it's just out. You can just get it. Mm -hmm. It's yep. not like it was out in theaters. No, it's, it's from the bay. But that, um, that, 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 I watched that, it with a friend. <laughs> I watched it. Stop. I watched it with a friend who had only a very basic understanding of these characters mm. and doesn't really know anything about the overlap of the characters and was able to follow the plot of it without an issue. Mm. And if you do understand these characters and you know the backstory, particularly things like Constantine's relationship with Zatanna, Constantine's mm. relationship with Swamp Thing, it's just over the top amazing, but you don't need excessive content and backstory to go into this. No, you do not. One thing that uh, kind of irked me, and I guess it probably would have been a little too on the nose. I was really wondering why we didn't see Dr. Fate at all. Dr. Fate never showed up. You know Dr. Fate? Yes. Yeah. He's pretty much DC's, uh, uh, DC's answer to Dr. Strange. And Dr. Fate is the primary magic user. You have a look on your face. What's going on? We're, we'll, we'll talk off air. We'll talk off air? <laughs> okay. All right. I don't well. want to say anything that's a major spoiler. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you. I guess. Yes, thank um, you. I was surprised, uh, but dude, I still enjoyed the whole hell out of this. Where'd you like, watch I've, it? Who, me? Yeah. I watched it at home, dude. It's available. Okay. Yeah. You got a copy? Uh, You want a copy? Yeah. Okay, I will get you a copy. Thank you. Next it's week, very uh, good. It is Well, uh, one, dude, one time uh, I came here, I, I don't remember when it was, but I was like ranting something about John Constantine, and mm -hmm. I just like reaches into his bag and like takes out, just takes out this guy, like yeah. Hellblazer omnibus <laughs> that was just in his bag at that exact moment. <laughs> Was reading up, yeah. Had the Swamp Thing episodes in there. <laughs> I really feel like these are being done by fans now. That's one thing that yes. I really appreciate, and I'm hoping we see more. I've heard we heard rumors of the Justice League live action movie was gonna be was gonna focus on the Justice League Dark. 
<laughs> for a long time. Well, I mean, I thought it'll be we were a cold day in hell before you see John Constantine in the movie again. It John would have been a good. It would have been a good uh, turn to take. And if they'd use the Keanu Reeves uh, John Con- uh, Constantine, I wouldn't be upset by that. They could play off that universe and have actual characters with a legit budget do a uh, good live action movie. We've seen it done before, you know. And DC has the uh, they have the ability when they're not trying to force feed us um, random stories to blatantly compete with their uh, with uh, Marvel. And just try to give us good stories, which they ha- have had. Yeah. So I think this is a step in the right direction. At the very least, the animated the animated uh, universe is still killing it, dude. Yeah. And Sounds I highly recommend anyone check this out. It's called Justice League Dark. And uh, am I alone in this? I don't think so. I think it's amazing. Yeah. Yes, it is absolutely. And I'll know next week. And you'll know next <laughs> you week. gotta bring me a copy, bro. Dude, dude. Hey, man. We'll have a uh, retrospective, and you can uh, give us your thoughts. All right. All right, Johnny. None for you. <laughs> All right. Well, we are just about out of time. This has been the Geek Down here on WMF Radio. I hope you enjoyed everything you heard. Uh, we're on every Monday nights, 9 p.m. right here on WMF. But also, we're on Twitch Live every show. It's twitch.tv slash the Geek Down if you want to see our smiling faces or the wonderful green hair over there. Hello. <laughs> and of course, you can also check us out on social media. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter. Uh, find us on SoundCloud. Search us on iTunes. If you search The Geek Down on any of these, we'll, we'll usually the first uh, ones to pop up on YouTube as well. You can see us in all our glory and cast the archived episodes. Man, all the links are available on the uh, bio page too, but I hope you all will check us out next week because I got to turn to my homeboy Black Adam Willis. Yes, sir. Give him a quick pound. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got to turn to my homeboy Mix Macabre. Hello. Give him a quick pound. Boom. I turned them up. Well, I can't reach John, just Johnny over there, but you know. You can do it with your uh, mind. I'm, I'm oh an God. arms reach away. An arms. Oh, stop it. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I, 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 oh, uh, I was saying boomer. And it, I, I caught it just late enough to have walked into it first. Uh, shame on you. All right. And of course, we can't forget the man who keeps us sounding crisp and delicious, DJ Herbie Herb. And I've been Pat B. We will check you all next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. For now. Until then. Be excellent to each other. Hey! <laughs> exactly. Do you need a 24-7 jam space in Boston to play as loud as you want? Contact us at soundmuseum.net and we can hook you up. Play as loud as you want, when you want. Play at the Sound Museum. W-E-F.